We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Daniel. All right, well, um, I thought to start with uh, something that hopefully make you guys laugh. I try to tell my own jokes, but you don't laugh at those, so I find stuff on the internet that hopefully you'll laugh at. All right, uh, Jim Gaffigan, comedian, pretty clean comedy, so I can recommend him. Um, he has five kids, so uh, he has all kinds of funny stuff to say about parenting. And so here's a couple things that he <laughs> says about parenting that I think will make you smile. He says, you know, I used to wonder why I had hair on my legs, but now I know it's for my toddlers and toddlers to pull themselves up off the ground with as I scream in pain. <laughs> Babies are the worst roommates. They're unemployed. They don't pay rent. They keep insane hours. Their hygiene is awful. If you had a roommate that did, that did any of the things babies do, you'd ask them to move out. Do you remember what happened last night? Today you're all smiles, but last night you were hitting the bottle pretty hard. You were screaming and you threw up on me. Then you passed out and wet yourself, okay? <laughs> Parenting is a cult. And as a cult member, you can try to explain it to other people, but we just appear like lunatics, okay? Once your baby starts to walk, you'll realize why cribs are designed like prisons from the early 90s. Early 1900s, sorry. This is clearly because toddlers are a danger to themselves. The main responsibility for a parent of a toddler is to stop them from accidentally hurting or killing themselves. <laughs> if you don't believe me, watch a two-year-old girl attempt to walk upstairs in a long dress. There, shouldn't be, there should be a children's song. If you're happy and you know it, keep it to yourself and let your dad sleep. The only difference between riding a tandem bike with your eight-year-old and dragging a dead body is nothing. I've actually never done that yet. <laughs> All right. Um, my four-year-old son gave me a handmade card for Father's Day. Maybe for Christmas I'll draw him a picture of some toys. <laughs> All right. Uh, interesting fact, the term never forget was first muttered by parents leaving Disney. 90% uh, of parenting is hiding iPads from your kids. All right. How about one more here? Whenever I travel with my young children, I'm always reminded of an important travel lesson. Never travel with my young children. <laughs> All right, I think that's pretty good. All right, how about this last one? Parenting involves way too much caring. I think so. I think so. Well, it's pretty awesome being a parent, um, a father. Uh, I love being a dad. Um, I remember I began praying to be a father when I was 16. I just just had this uh, urge in my heart that I feel like God put in there, so I began to pray to be a dad. Um, and now being a father of four kids, I am just so thankful for this role, and honestly, I really try to cherish it. I tr try to cherish all the moments of the ups and the downs and the all-arounds. And I know that, you know, every guy is different, but for me, uh, fatherhood is more important than any of my hobbies. I don't have, really have any hobbies, but they're more important than any hobbies, any other passions I have for ministry or working or helping people. Uh, it's more important than my own success in life or accomplishment. I mean, I love being a dad. And this is like my premier thing. I, you know, I, and, and the reason why is because I recognize that kids need a good father more than they need all these other things for dad to do. Um, and all the things that I listed are things that sometimes maybe get in the way. Uh, you, know, you don't want your whole life to be about your kids. That's not the way to do it. Um, but it is healthy to put it in the proper place 
and recognize that sometimes you've got to say no to your passions or your desires. I haven't played golf in a while, but it's not no forever, it's just no right now. And there'll be one day when my kids don't want to hang out with me and I'll be lonely on the golf course and I'll have plenty of time for that, all right? There have been two huge, huge influences, influences on my fathering, two voices. Uh, the voice of my father and the voice of God the Father, okay? Um, even now when I am uh, screwing on a bolt or something or using a screwdriver, just in my head, I hear my dad saying, righty tidy, lefty loosey. I mean, I heard that a billion times. Uh, when I'm working on a project in the house and I don't have something or whatever, I can hear my dad saying to me, um, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. You know, whenever I do yard work or whatever, or start a project, um, I can hear my dad's voice telling me, if you aren't gonna do it to your best, then don't even do it, don't even start. I remember times when my dad sent me back in the house because I was messing around outside doing work, you know? He says, if you're not gonna do it well, don't do it. And I, he sent me back in the house, you know? That made me feel awful. So I just hear my father's voice. And honestly, it didn't come, really come out until I became a father. And I didn't understand that, that how much that was influential for me uh, in my role as a father and what I do as a father. In addition, for me, I didn't hear God's voice or the father, God the Father's voice until I was in high school. I didn't know Christ. I didn't know Jesus. And so I didn't hear this. So I, for the majority of my life, you know, I, I heard my father's voice. And then I started to hear our Father, our Heavenly Father's voice, and these, these come together and collide sometimes as I am a father. And so today, I want to encourage you to first just to consider uh, what was your Father's voice to you, you know, through your life, maybe growing up, and to kind of take a look at that. And then also to take a look at uh, just the Father's voice, our, our Heavenly Father's voice. And to look at sometimes in those worlds, those things sometimes do collide. And God's taking me down a journey to where I take these things that I've learned from my dad and I also take these things I learned from God the Father. And it kind of comes together for me in creating my own voice as a father to my kids. I am, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I have become dedicated to being very careful on the kind of voice my children hear from me. I kind of uh, easily beat myself up about not knowing how to do X, Y, Z to be able to teach my kids. I don't know anything about music. I don't play any instruments. I have no whatever. So I can't teach that to my kids, you know? And I'm like, man, I can't do that. I can't teach them that. Um, you know, I'm not real, that great at sports. And that, you know, so it's not like I'm gonna teach them these great things to be an athlete one day. You know, I beat myself some, uh, up sometimes about these of all the things or all the worries I have. Well, I am pretty good at finances. And so I wanna teach them everything I know about finances or teach my kids or, uh, you know, all these things. And I, and I get into this rut and, and I, and I kind of lose sight of this idea that my most important task or my most important role as a father to my kids is to love them really well. And the voice that they will hear as a child will be a voice they hear as an adult. I've experienced that in my own, in my own life. And like I said, until I became a father, I didn't realize some of these things. And so I'm very careful to consider the kind of voice that my children hear in our home, in my car, at church even. Like that's all part of it, right? Anywhere I go, wherever we are, if I'm at the checkout stand and somebody does me wrong at the checkout stand, my kids are listening to their father's voice, right? They're listening to my father's voice here at church. It's funny, you know, they, kids sometimes hear me preaching and they say, Dad, I heard you preaching. And I think immediately they're hearing their father's voice. And so this is formulating over many years and I wanna be very careful to consider the voice my, my kids will hear. 
if you think about it from a, uh, even a biological standpoint, when they're first born, they don't really recognize God's voice, right? Um, even in scripture, we see people learn God's voice later on. And so as a dad, as a father, we have an opportunity to be that voice for them until they can catch up and hear the heavenly father's voice. So first, let's just consider um, maybe what your father's voice was to you, okay? Maybe if you think about it, it comes out in your moments of parenting. Maybe it just comes out, maybe not in moments of parenting if you're not a parent. You think about uh, stuff that your father said. Maybe he said, I love you. I, I've met guys that they tell me they've never heard their dad say, I love you. That blows me away. And my dad said it a little too much. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, they say, said it all the time at every phone call. But, you know, some guys, some guys, some girls and women don't have that. I, I love you. I'm proud of you. You know, have you ever met someone who said that they've never heard their dad say, I'm proud of you, right? Good job. You're really good at filling the blank. I love being with you. You're so funny. You're so smart. You are beautiful. You are handsome. Hey, work hard. Do better, right? How about our, voice, our father's voice that says, hey, you need to obey me or you can leave. My way or the highway, right? Stop your crying, right? This is my house, my rules. Get a job, please. <laughs> Go to school, please, right? Man up or woman up, whatever it may be. I want you to consider not just what he said, but how he said it. What kind of voice was it? Was it a voice that elicited fear? You know? Uh, was it a voice that elicited affirmation? Was it loud? Was it quiet? You know, in our home, things were loud. There were two boys and my sister and my dad. We all kind of speak loud. I didn't recognize that until I got married. And my wife asked me why everybody was yelling. And I said, we're not yelling. We're just talking to each other, you know. It just says how it was. It was loud, right? Was it critical? You know, was it loving? Okay. Your father's voice that you heard growing up, did it bring you closer to Jesus? Or did it make you fear Jesus? Did it make you scared of God? Consequently, um, four children, as they grow up, um, they oftentimes will interpret God, the Father, how they see you. And as you dig deep into people's walk with Jesus and their view and perspective of God, there's a piece of that that comes from their biological father, okay? And so when they read scripture and see Father, all they know is you, and that kind of goes together. And so there's some disconnect between that. So that's something to consider, okay? Um, in my own life, I've really had to take a look at this. I didn't really start looking at it until I was probably in my uh, mid-20s. And at one time, I at one point, I had to ask Jesus, Jesus, break off of me any stronger voice, any stronger tie to my personal, my father's voice than your voice. I'd actually pray that. Like, God, I want to follow you. I, I want to be shaped and formed by you. I want to do your will. I want to be like you. So break my father's voice off. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I want your voice, Father God, to be more powerful, more influential than any other voice. And absolutely had to pray that my father's voice wouldn't be as powerful. So that shift should happen as you grow older and walk in Jesus, okay? Let's consider your heavenly father's voice to you. Now I want you to think about this in scripture as we uh, read in Genesis that when uh, God creates Adam and Eve, he doesn't give them a Bible. He doesn't give them a letter. What does he give them? A voice, 
Now think about that for a second. It's a voice he gives them, right? He gives them commands, he speaks into them, he affirms them, he tells them some things to do and them not do, but he, he gives them a voice, right? And then when they sin against him and they're hiding, what does he do? He gives them a voice, another voice. Where are you, right? You think about this. Now, God provides physical things through the Old Testament, but what we see happen before Scripture is actually written, we see God, actually we hear God in word form. He gives a voice. Uh, think about some of the patriarchs of the faith in Genesis and Noah's building this bow. What does he see? He doesn't see anything. He hears something, hears a voice. And that voice carries him through. We see that voice turn into a covenant, a promise. And so there is a voice that brings together a promise for provision and faithfulness. What these men follow as we see these heroes of faith in Genesis is a voice. Now think about all the other voices in the world. People making fun of Noah for what he's doing, right? People making fun of these, the Israelites for how they live. But they go by their father's voice. Here's the Father's voice for you that I want you to consider. That maybe is different from the voice you heard in your upbringing. Maybe it could be different in the voice that you're giving to your kids. First and foremost, that you are loved. It's a loving voice. Psalm 103, 8 through 13 says this. I want to read this when she said to hear this. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. His voice should mean that for you. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. And so, so from so many of us, when we hear, when we think our Heavenly Father's voice, we get scared. We find guilt and shame, right? His voice is supposed to be compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger and abounding in love. He'll not always accuse nor really harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he's removed our transgressions from us. Now this is powerful, verse 13, 103, verse 8, verse 13. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. The father's voice is a compassionate voice. And I'd like to argue also that a compassionate voice is more powerful than a voice that elicits fear. We think the other, right? We think, oh, this voice makes us scared to comply. We think it's powerful. It's not powerful. Just because you make someone do something doesn't mean their will is involved in it. It's compassion that's the more powerful voice from the Father. No matter how bad you messed up, no matter how much you measure up, no matter how much you matter to others, right? The Father's voice is so powerful. It's so powerful that it was enough for the patriarchs of the faith, right, to just have the voice. We think of when the disciples are with Jesus. What do they really have in those moments with Jesus? Right? They see his miracles. They see his wonder. But what they have, what they get as, they, as we read the Gospels and they record is his voice. What does he say when he's accused? What does he say to me when I messed up? Can you think of what you, what you would have felt if you were standing next to Peter when Jesus speaks to him after his betrayal, right? That's a voice Peter hears. He doesn't hand him a letter. He hands him a voice, something to listen to. Do you love me, Peter? In that moment of compassion, Peter connects back to this incredible savior in this moment, and he becomes this incredible leader of the church and gives us life. 
a voice is powerful and the Father's voice is the most powerful. The Father's voice is this, that you're not alone in Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Why? Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Isn't it interesting? He says, I'll be with you and it's a voice. I'm gonna be with you. Take this voice that you hear. It's powerful. I will be with you wherever you go. There's nothing that can happen that God can't help you with. What this means is you can do scary things like take over uh, this city, like conquer the land. That's in the Old Testament. They have to hear God's voice to go conquer, to go face, to go look at numbers that are greater than their own numbers. And in this season of this, they have the voice of God saying, I'm gonna be with you so you can go. Isn't that powerful? You can do hard, scary things. The voice of God says this, that you want it alone even when you feel alone. In the Old Testament, it's oftentimes a huge symbolism and imagery of something. And we see this God going with them through the desert and then conquering these nations and these cities. And we see this idea that he's enough. And that's the next thing, that the Father's voice says that you are enough. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, this is one of my favorite verses. Paul writes this, he wants this thorn in his flesh to be taken away. But Paul says, this is what the Lord says to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. So the Father's voice in your life should be, hey, I'm gonna help you. My power and strength is enough. The heavenly Father's voice should remove fear and shame. It affirms and builds. It'll bring you closer to him, not make you run away from him. It's because of the Father's voice you can go through those hard things. In my life, uh, God took me through to a season um, in which uh, when I left uh, to go to college and then after that I uh, moved states to go to seminary and then moved further out here. Um, and in those moments where God created a void physically from my personal, my father's voice, it was in that void that I could discover and experience the power of my heavenly father's voice. And it's because of God's voice and my attentiveness to his voice that I was able to go through in my own uh, way I describe it, to go through the fire, to go through the desert, to go to the front, to stand in front of people, right? To be in leadership roles and have titles in the secular world and also in the church world. It's because the Father's voice, I could go to the unknown place. I could walk the road that I didn't know what was gonna, the bumps were gonna be on the way or where the, end, where the uh, road would end. It's because of the Father's voice in my ear, in my heart, that I could actually even be in the role of a father. See, it's the Father's voice to remind you you're loved that you're not alone, that you don't have to be scared, afraid, and that his power is enough for you that it will allow you to go to these different places. It's the Father's voice that allows you to go the difficult roads. So to you fathers tonight, whose voice is in your ear? Good or bad, doesn't matter. Whose voice is in your ear? Whose, whose voice influences you more, right? That's that voice. Um, let's talk about your father's voice, uh, your voice to your kids as a father. 
I've started doing this thing um, in the last probably six months. I'm going to be so intentional about this. And so I started doing this. Um, I've been um, making sure that the first words out of my mouth that my children hear is a good, positive thing. Uh, for a lot of years, my kids, oldest is five, so for about four and a half, it was get out of the bed, you know? It was go get dressed. It was, oh, gosh, leave me alone. I got a few more minutes or go get mom or whatever it is, right? And God began to convict me about this and, and this idea of a voice. There's nothing wrong with any of the things I just said. But it's just God began to convict me that I know that my voice is gonna be in these kids' ears for many, many years to come. And so what I've been starting to do is the first thing they hear from dad, the first words out of my mouth is something positive or good or something to bring them close to me. How are you? How did you sleep last night? You know, hey, I love you. Hey, handsome. Hey, beautiful. You're so hilarious. You know, instead of something negative, the first thing I tell them is something positive, is something affirming, is something loving. I've started doing this every single morning. Sometimes I get up and I'm not, I'm an introvert, so in the morning I don't even like to talk, you know, so sometimes it's like after my shower and kind of get ready, and then I catch it, wait a second, I didn't say anything yet to the kids. Before I tell them to go get ready or to go eat breakfast or to go downstairs, before I give them a command, I want to say something that's affirming and loving. That's the first thing is your father's voice, as a, your, your voice as a father should be affirming. There's studies that show this, um, that... The impact of the father's voice is very distinctive than the impact of a mother's voice. It just shows studies that show this, okay? The presence, the role, the influence of a father, it's just something different. And the affirmation you get from your father is very different than the affirmation you receive from your mother. And so as you are a father, I want to exhort you today to be affirming in your voice. The world, their friends, teachers, neighbors, coaches, teammates will all be critical. They'll all tell them where they messed up. They'll be the recipient of that F paper there or the F on the test, right? They're going to get that from a teacher. They're going to get that from all of you. You don't need to be that person. Your voice could actually stand as a barrier to all those other things that are not affirming. Because they're going to hear your voice. When they get older and they go to their first job and they have to deal with a father figure like a boss or a manager or, you know, someone they have to report to, that's going to be going on. And so no matter what's happening there, if they can hear your voice in that moment and be affirmed no matter what happens at that job. See, the world will try to tear their apart their security, but if they can be secure in what you've put inside of them and they'll hear your voice, you're good. Son, daughter, you can do it. Affirm who they could be. You're not denying anything if they're scared or nervous. I, I never do that with my kids. It's okay to be scared in our house. It's okay to be nervous, whatever. But I want to affirm that they can be brave. I want to affirm they can be kind when somebody hits them, right? I want to affirm they can be kind when uh, everything in them says no, right? When everybody else says no. And I want to affirm what they could be. I want dad's voice in their ear to be an affirming voice because that lines up with our father's voice. Uh, I don't want them to be more scared of me, you know, than they are affirmed by me and loved by me. 
when they hear dad's voice, they immediately drop what they're doing because they're scared out of their mind. I get it. I want my kids to respect me. I want them to be out of control. I get all those things. But more than anything else, I want my kids to be affirmed by the voice of their father. Secondly, and this is a hard one for me, is I believe, and we, I think, mess this up because of uh, uh, probably the media or whatever things you've seen. I mean, have you seen that old Ten Commandments movie with Charlton Heston back from the 1912s or whatever, you know, that old movie, right? God's this booming voice, you know, it's like terror, you know, and all stuff. And I think that kind of feeds into us, right? Or maybe you hear loud preaching and you equate that to how God would speak. But actually, I think that Jesus would have a gentle voice most of the time. I think the voice of the Father is gentle. And I, I, I believe that as a, to be a good father, they, that what they should be hearing long-term from you, that the Father's voice, their Father's voice should be gentle. This is hard for guys because we like to yell and be strong, right? Um, we yell during when we play sports. You know, we yell when we watch sports. I remember yelling during when Leah was probably a year old or something. I remember yelling during a Rockets game and he got scared. You know, I never, I never forgot that. Like, I'm just yelling about the game or whatever, you know. And he got scared. One time, I remember Lucy has a baby crying and I thought, what is going on? I'm just being excited. You don't have to yell to be heard. Actually, I kind of take it as a um, kind of a way I kind of, not evaluate my parenting, but a kind of a way of I've got to yell to terrify them, then underneath something in our relationship is wrong. I get it, they're small, or maybe maybe you get they're older, but it's like, like I should be able to speak to them and they should be able to want to listen to dad. Okay? Not just fear of punishment. I mean, consequence and punishment is a part of it. That's how we raise kids. But I want my voice gentle. I don't want to have to yell to be heard. I don't want their idea of Father and Father God to be yelling God. I want my voice to be gentle in their ear during their storms of life. I want my voice to be gentle in their ears during moments of shame that I cannot prevent, keep them from. I want my voice to be gentle in moments when they make a mistake. And I've had to catch myself on this. You know, if they... You know, you spill something or whatever it may be. If you've ever been, I'd say, you know, probably don't have to wait this long, but when you're like in high school sports and you see a parent just going at, yelling at their kid and going, I mean, so critical and just going after their kid. And you kind of want to say, uh, chill out, man. It's not really helping. But really what I want to say is, do you understand how you are crushing his spirit and his soul? And that same yelling that's on the field is going to be the same yelling he's going to hear in his ear and the terror he's going to hear in his ear when he's got a boss yelling at him, when he's got his own kids yelling at him. We can't handle being yelled at because we've been yelled at for so long. And I want my voice, and I'm encouraging you fathers for your voice to be gentle. I don't have a gentle voice, right? When I'm, whatever. I, I've had to work at this to be gentle. My uh, daughter helps me with that because she'll cry when I raise my voice. You know, that helps me. Also, your voice should be firm. No needs to mean, mean no, and yes means to, needs to mean yes. Okay, what I mean by firm is not willing to, not, not like you're unwilling to listen or those type things, but this idea of like you are giving an example that a voice is strong. A voice is strong. I tell my kids, your voice is more powerful than your fist. They haven't learned it yet, but hopefully they will one day. Your voice is more powerful than your fist. No is powerful. That's how I say, it. you know, no is powerful. 
right? No means no, it's powerful, which means you can say no and there's power behind it, okay? So when dad says no, we'll respect that. When dad says yes, we'll respect that. So then when they say yes, they mean yes. When they say no, they mean no, okay? Here's what I believe I, that should be happening in your voice to your children, that it should be as close as possible to the Father's, our Heavenly Father's voice. This is so challenging and hard, right? But if you can kind of make it, make it look like a line, okay? If you have God's voice, it's read scripture, we read these things, right? And then we have your voice. We just took a look at it, Father, right? What, what all happens there? How, how much are we in line to that? Um, when I, when Crystal was pregnant with Leo, someone uh, reached out to me and said, they're one of my best friends, reached out to me and said, he's praying for me and he's praying this for me. He's praying that they would have a father that's like Father God, that his heart would be my heart, that his voice would be my voice. And so although my kids don't know God yet, they know me and so they know the Father. This is really hard to do, but God's grace is enough for you. Let your child hear this on repeat. Let this be what's on repeat in their, in their minds. They become older and on their own. Let this, let this, even when they're older maybe and they call you for advice, let, let this be your voice in their ear. I love you just as you are. You are stronger than you know. You are special to me and I'm proud to be your father. My goal is as a parent, as a father, is to be able to say that in every single season. Whether it's the toddler phase, the going through junior high awkwardness phase, high school phase, was leaving the nest one day, I love you just as you are. You're stronger than you know, and you are special to me, and I'm proud to be your father. This is the very thing that I hope they learn about God the Father. I hope that they learn from about God the Father, that he loves them just as they are, that they're stronger than they know because of him, and that they're so special to God, and he's actually proud to be their heavenly father, so much so that he'd give, he'd give his son for them. I love you just as you are. You're stronger than you know. You are special to me, and I'm proud to be your dad. I want this on repeat. I want the cycle going right now. Uh, there's so many things as a father, I don't know if you feel this, but I definitely do. I feel like there's so many things I've got to teach and train. There's so many things I feel responsibility for. And I have so many things I want to protect my kids for. And I recognize I can't protect them from the painful things in life, which, which are really fear and shame, which is what all of you struggle with as an adult. Think about it, right? Right? I can't protect my kid from listening, but what I can do is be a voice of our heavenly father to them, that they will hear this and repeat, and this will fight shame in their life. This will fight uh, those moments of pain in their life. This will fight moments they wanna give up. This will fight those moments of fear in their life when God wants to take them down a road that they don't wanna go. I love you just as you are. You are stronger than you know. You're special to me, and I'm proud to be your you stand with me tonight, church? I'm going to invite Nathan to come back. And uh, I'm going to actually invite uh, Pastor Kenny to come forward. He's going to pray for all of our dads. Um, 
Kenny and Trisha have four kids. They're awesome kids. Um, they've been in ministry for a lot of years. They know a lot about uh, fathering, and he's a personal encouragement to me as a young dad. And um, his words have been life-giving for me. And I, I just invite Kenny to come pray for our dads tonight. And uh, I would hope that tonight would be a reminder for you that you will focus as a father on the kind of voice that you tell, that you, that you share, that you tell, that you give to your kids. Not one that's worrying about how much money you've provided or how well you did this or that or how well you teach them or comparing them to other kids or whatever, but you would look at your parenting as you go through this and say, did I share my heavenly father's voice with my kids? I love you just as you are. You're stronger than you know. You're special to me and I'm proud to be your father. Well, let's pray for our dads, the fathers in the room, if you would gather around them. Uh, looks like we're all mostly in families here. So, yeah. Just felt a couple things from the Heavenly Father. Uh, first of all, I know there's they talk about five love languages, but I think when it comes to being a dad, you always have that one thing that you need is to be encouraged. And uh, I, there's nothing more powerful than my wife encourages me as a, uh, my alarm was going off. <laughs> when she encourages me as a dad, there's nothing greater than that that just encourages a man's heart than when his wife and his kids encourage him. So uh, we want to pray that encouragement into dads tonight and the other one was uh that really stuck out from what you were saying Nels is wisdom we just need wisdom now I'm a grandfather you know and in Danish my granddaughter lives in Denmark it's called Bestafar that's what I'm called Bestafar by the way if you're a great grandfather it's ancient far so it's kind of funny <laughs> but uh the wisdom that she'll be looking at for me like as her best her great grandfather or her grandfather you know and just there's loads of responsibility on that so that we'll have that wisdom and, and then I want to end, uh, so just start by praying. Go ahead and pray your own prayer, and then I'll finish out in pray, prayer. So just pray for your, your husband there and your dad uh, on your own. Just maybe speak out his name so he hears you praying. just pray for uh, the fathers in this room. Thank you for your wisdom, Lord. It says in James that if you lack wisdom to ask of the Heavenly Father who gives it, Lord, uh, without restraint, Lord. So uh, we just pray wisdom over the dads and the grandfathers in this room tonight. Give them wisdom in every situation, Lord. Let them also understand the uniqueness of each one of their children and their grandchildren, Lord. Uh, give them the keys to their little hearts, Lord. Even if they're grown, Lord, uh, you'd give them the keys to, to know how to reach in and to lead them to you, Lord, and to encourage them. God, I just thank you for that wisdom tonight, and I just speak encouragement to fathers tonight, Lord, that you would uh, just put a new level of encouragement into their hearts. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for just taking away all of the uh, feelings that they have of inadequacies, Lord. We're all inadequate without you, Lord. So we need you tonight. Come with your adequacy. And, and so now I speak what Nels just spoke. I speak it over you, dads. 
from the Heavenly Father. I love you as you are. You are stronger than you know. You are special to me, the Heavenly Father says, and I'm proud to be your father. So I speak that over you tonight, dads. Your Heavenly Father loves you as you are. You're stronger than you know. You are special to him, and he's proud to be your father. So, Lord, I just thank you, Jesus. Let that sink deep into our spirits tonight. As dads, we just speak blessing. Amen. Great. 
we thank you, Lord, for your voice in our homes, God. Bless our dads today, and we thank you for your grace in that. Bless our meal, our time together, in Jesus' name, amen. Just a reminder, we have childcare until 6.30, so eat together, and then go grab your kids at 6.30. God bless you. Your kingdom.